Welcome to Well Woman. So nice to have you here. So today I'm going to be talking about thyroid health, which is so important for women. Women suffer from thyroid problems disproportionately more than men do. And really it does come down to our hormones. We have such an interesting hormone journey, don't we? And I'm not just talking about estrogen and progesterone. I'm talking about the interplay between thyroid function and your cortisol, your stress hormones. So our complete hormone profile cannot be assessed without looking at how our thyroid is doing. And I want that to be the focus for this episode. In particular, I want to look at low thyroid or underactive thyroid. If you've ever experienced chronic tiredness that just does not lift no matter how much you sleep, if you have chronic low energy, if you have flat mood and tend towards depression, and sometimes that can even feel like inertia, like you're living in slow motion and so are your emotions, if you've experienced brain fog or mental fogginess and difficulty with clarity of thinking, difficulty with learning and retaining knowledge, and if you've suffered from weight gain, these are all really important markers for low thyroid function. As a women's health clinician, I've seen so many women walk through my clinic doors with all of the hallmark signs of low thyroid function. And maybe this is your story as well. You've had your tests done, you've had your blood assessment, and you've been turned away with this phrase, everything is normal, but you just don't feel normal. Thyroid can really be that silent root cause that underlies a lot of symptoms that are very difficult to detect with your typical thyroid tests. So let's talk about the thyroid and how it is potentially at the very root of your emotional, psychological, mental and cognitive and metabolic disturbances. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Sue Lindsay, and this is the Well Woman Podcast. I've worked with countless women and teenage girls over the years as a natural women's health clinician, and I know how hard it can be to get the help you need to overcome hormonal imbalance, infertility, and perimenopausal symptoms. I bring together my expertise in natural medicine and nutrition with insights from experts in the field of women's wellness to help you get the information you need to make a real difference to your health. This truly unique podcast combines the wisdom of the East with the clinical know-how of modern naturopathy, offering a holistic approach to empower and inspire women just like you on the path to optimized health. I'm your trusted guide as you navigate your hormone healing journey, giving you support, accountability, and guidance along the way. Thanks for listening in, and don't forget to follow or subscribe. It's time to nourish you with Well Woman. It's a really common condition for women in the midlife to have an underactive thyroid gland, and it partly explains changes in mood and weight and cognitive ability. Overall, it's thought that up to 20% of women, so that's almost a quarter of all women by the age of 60, will have an underactive thyroid. And is it being detective? 
I don't know. I definitely don't have one in four clients coming in with a thyroid problem being detected. However, I do have a lot of clients who walk through my doors and I can already see those signs of low thyroid function. According to the Australian Thyroid Foundation, there are over a million Australians who are currently living with a thyroid disorder, but don't actually know about it because it hasn't been diagnosed. And the most recent research in Australia shows us that 14% of older Australians suffer from some sort of clinical thyroid disorder. In 2004, studies showed that 50% of Australian children and around 50% of Australian pregnant women had iodine deficiency, which is one of the causes of an underactive thyroid gland. And more recently, studies have shown around 10% of pregnant women in Australia have mild hypothyroidism. In 2014, thyroid cancer research also showed that there was an increase in thyroid cancer. The incidence, it was around an 84% increase in women and a 48% increase in men. So there are not necessarily studies to prove or disprove this yet, but the truth is we live in an increasingly polluted world. And I want to tell you in this episode about some of the things that can really compromise your thyroid function and polluted air is one of those. Hormones Australia estimates that low thyroid function affects 1 in 33 adults in Australia. Thyroid issues basically are a major global health concern. So we have 1 in 33 Aussie adults, but we have a lot of people worldwide who are suffering from thyroid disorders and many are undiagnosed. And the fact that for women we have such a higher rate, 10 times the risk, of having an underactive thyroid or a thyroid problem means that we really need to invest in understanding what happens to our thyroid and how does it relate to our hormones. That's really what differentiates us from men predominantly. Another thing that differentiates us as well is the microbiome. So how does the female microbiome differ to men? But it is interesting that our microbiome takes on more of a male pattern as we move past menopause. So I wonder if there would be some research on that. That'd be a really interesting thing to explore. And if we look in Australia, particularly thyroid problems and um, underactive thyroid affect around 6 to 10% of the female population. So I did the maths. We have about 12.98 million women in Australia. 6% of that is, a, is about 778,000 and 10% is 1.2 million. So we've got Anywhere from, say, 800,000 to 1.2 million Australian women who suffer from a thyroid condition. A study that was conducted in New South Wales in 2007 found that low thyroid function was extremely common in women over the age of 49. And guess what? That's your typical starting age for entering menopause. They also found that the thyroid problems were mostly undiagnosed. When they compared women to men in this same age group, they found that twice as many women or more had abnormal thyroid stimulating hormone levels compared to the men. It's important to also think about thyroid abnormalities as mimicking perimenopause symptoms. Many of the symptoms that women will present with in the lead up to menopause, so in that 8 to 12 years before they actually reach menopause, really do resemble thyroid symptoms. 
and particularly those of low thyroid function, the mental fogginess, the fatigue, the anxiety, the sleep problems, and just generally this sense of underlying flatness or a drop in mood, there are definitely key signs of perimenopause that are very similar to hypothyroid or low thyroid symptoms. Another really important aspect of this is in the transition to menopause, there's just so many things happening. So we can't really just look at the estrogen and progesterone in isolation. We really need to look at the whole story. And remember, your symptoms are acting like signals to warn you or alert you that something is out of balance, something is changing or shifting, or there's some sort of unhealthy process going on within. So we need to look quite broadly at a lot of health markers when we treat anything with women as naturopaths, and that includes thyroid. So for example, when I work with women and they're coming in with those sorts of symptoms, I do look at their estrogen, progesterone, and other types of reproductive hormones. I also look at inflammatory markers and nutrient assimilation, gut health, cognitive markers, neurochemical status, and bacterial overgrowth possibility, as well as thyroid and adrenal cortisol levels. With all of the hormonal changes that go on in your body as you move through your 20s, 30s, and 40s particularly, it can honestly feel a little bit overwhelming to identify what the cause of particular symptoms are. I think it's helpful to now be able to identify some of the symptoms that may be relating to thyroid problems. And you know, this could definitely be you. You might have trouble getting up in the morning, but then also trouble falling asleep at night. You might feel tired and lethargic all the time. You might feel like you're living in slow motion and everything's just moving too fast for you and it's just getting really overwhelming. You might be in perimenopause or menopause and so you now have this heightened or accelerated symptom picture compared to if you had a thyroid issue in your 20s or early 30s. You might also be in your late 30s or early 40s and having low thyroid symptoms and thinking that you're in perimenopause. I know. The hormone picture. It's wild, isn't it? Your thyroid hormone needs a whole lot of minerals to keep it happy, and zinc is one of those, so is selenium, but the most important one is iodine. So we want to make sure that you're getting enough iodine in your diet so that your thyroid glands can actually make enough thyroid hormone. Nutrients are not the only influences of thyroid gland function. There are other things like hormones, such as estrogen, there's cortisol. These things can really influence whether or not your thyroid hormone gets activated. Because if you've got a whole lot of thyroid hormone running around your bloodstream that's not activated, then you're not getting the metabolic effects of thyroid function. You're just getting a lot of hormone moving around your body, not really doing a lot. And that's one big problem with testing of thyroid. It often doesn't test the active form of thyroid hormone. So you're really not getting an assessment of whether your thyroid hormones are working for you. You're just getting an assessment of how many there are. Stress, it's such a big, significant factor in thyroid function. And if you've got this raging high cortisol that you're producing because you are not stopping and your life is go, 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 crazy, and you're waking up in the morning project planning and you're going to bed with a really busy monkey mind, and you sometimes feel like you can't stop your heart racing, 
Not always, but sometimes. Maybe your breathing rate goes up. Maybe you just feel really busy in your head. These are all signs of having high cortisol. Maybe you're extremely vigilant and alert all the time. If, you're, if that's your symptom picture, then you may well have a thyroid function problem. And then on top of that, you add the possibility that you might be a woman who's in perimenopause. You might be in your late 30s or 40s and moving towards menopause and even in your early 50s. So now you layer that on top. The truth is that as women, we have a lot of stresses which are impacting our health. They come in all different forms. We might have hormonal stresses. We might have social economic factors. We might just have day-to-day factors which are stressing us out from all of the hats that we have to wear and all of the roles that we have to carry. And so just as there are so many things that might be causing us to have disease, there are also so many things that can be biologically and physiologically causing symptoms. And thyroid seems to fit into the mix, along with adrenal hormones and neurochemicals and gut problems and sleep problems and all those sorts of things. Now, let's begin by talking about what the thyroid does for us so that we can understand why it's so important to have a happy, healthy thyroid gland. The main role of the thyroid gland is to produce thyroid hormones. It actually produces a few different types of hormones, and the main one is T4 initially. So it will produce a hormone called T4. Just think about it as your initial thyroid hormone it will eventually be converted into its activated form. So T4 on its own has very minimal effect on your metabolic rate, meaning that you can have loads and loads of T4, but not necessarily feel like your thyroid's working well. The role of T4 and other thyroid hormones is to help your body do things like increase its metabolic function and rate so that you can burn the calories that you're eating and turn them into fuel for energy. Therefore, one of the characteristic signs if you do have low thyroid function is that you tend to have really low energy. The other thing that it will do is it will have an effect on your body temperature regulation. This is thermoregulation. So when you have a happy, healthy thyroid gland, you won't be too bothered by feeling hot or cold. You'll be able to find that happy medium. Whereas if your thyroid function is low, you'll tend to be very sensitive to the cold And if your thyroid function is too overactive, you'll tend to be sensitive to heat. For women, thyroid gland can really affect our metabolism if it's not quite right, and it can definitely lead to weight gain because it slows down our metabolic rate. And if you're in your 40s or early 50s, you would have noticed that when you entered perimenopause and moved towards menopause, it just felt like it was harder to lose weight. It was harder to get the energy that you need from your food. Maybe your body's not converting it as efficiently. And that generally your body feels more sluggish than it did 20 or even 10 years ago. Another thing that thyroid function does for us is it works with our cognition. It helps us to remember and to learn, to feel cognitive. So when we have issues with thyroid function, particularly if it is under-functioning, you can end up feeling mentally foggy and find it quite easy to forget things and even harder to remember things. Along with this, you'll get some change in mood, usually low mood. So low thyroid function is more correlated with depression and low or flat mood, 
whereas an overactive thyroid gland is more correlated with irritability. It's important to make sure that we know where our thyroid is at, particularly if you're in your late 30s. It's about future-proofing your hormone system so that by the time you get to your mid-40s, you've been looking after your thyroid, eating right for your thyroid, and minimizing or avoiding the sorts of things that stress your thyroid out. And if you can do that, then you're going to be in a much better place as you move through perimenopause and even as you go through menopause and beyond. However, even though it's great to start in your 30s, we're not all there. Some of us have gone past that point. So there is no better time to start than right now. You can make positive changes to improve your thyroid function just after listening to this episode today. So do not worry if you've already gone into your mid-40s, early 50s, or beyond that even. Don't worry about it. Just work on good thyroid health. And for those of you who are younger in your 20s, if you're younger than your 20s, amazing because you can still get thyroid issues in your 20s and earlier. But just know that this is about future-proofing hormonal health so you can start to integrate some of the tips that I'll give you today in this episode so that you have great thyroid health as you move through your 30s and 40s. might even help you in your 30s with stress, stress tolerance, sleep, mental clarity, focus, learning, fertility, so many ways that your thyroid will help you. Next, let's talk about testing. The Medicare testing in Australia for thyroid health used to include T4 as well as TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone. So basically what the tests were measuring with the TSH was how the brain or the messages that the brain is receiving about whether it needs to make more thyroid hormone or whether it feels like there is plenty of thyroid hormone in the blood. So the brain will receive these messages. And if it seems like there isn't a lot of thyroid hormone moving around the body, it will send this stimulating hormone to the thyroid gland to make it produce more. Therefore, if you have a TSH score, which is quite high or higher than the average, then that means that your brain is receiving signals that there isn't enough thyroid hormone available. This is typically what you would find in under-functioning thyroid or low thyroid function. On the other hand, if your TSH is very low and it's even getting below the normal ranges, conversely, this means that the brain is receiving signals that there's so much thyroid hormone, please stop producing it or just produce the very minimum. So in this situation, you're more looking at an overactive thyroid gland and too much thyroid hormone in the bloodstream. For a while, the T4 the T4 hormone levels and the TSH are adequate or seemed adequate to test for thyroid function. But naturopaths definitely don't stop here because there's one really important factor missing, and that is the actual active thyroid hormone levels. What about those? They don't generally get tested, and they're not rebatable by Medicare unless you've already been diagnosed with a thyroid condition. If you go online and you look at what Medicare covers for thyroid, they allow doctors to test up to two times a year. And in patients who are showing some of the symptoms of having a thyroid problem, or perhaps they already have a thyroid condition and they're being monitored, 
They also, if they suspect there are some infertility problems, maybe some dementia, some sort of um, thyroid abnormality, they will definitely do the thyroid test and they'll often include things like the reverse T3. But for you and I who might have no previously diagnosed thyroid condition, when we walk through the doors of a testing lab or a medical clinic, then the doctors are likely to just offer us TSH these days. And that's not really enough. When I test in clinic, I test for the TSH, the T4, the T3. I also test for a couple of other things. So I will test for reverse T3, which is a form of thyroid hormone that the thyroid gland also produces, but it works against the active form of thyroid hormone. Something else, antibodies to the thyroid are one of the um, important markers for autoimmune disease that might be at the root cause of your thyroid problems. They don't routinely get tested. So once again, you need to show or demonstrate that you have a thyroid issue or condition before they get tested. This is really problematic for women in perimenopause because I have noticed that a lot of the time we're kind of sent home thinking that this is all just emotional, that we've just got to reduce our stress and do more meditation and maybe go on a diet and exercise. It's really heartbreaking to think of all of these women who are going to see their medical practitioners and they're not really getting diagnosed when there could be a chronic thyroid issue underlying their symptoms. I wonder if this is you. Now, as you're listening to this, is it resonating? Have you had this experience where you've literally felt like you're going crazy in your head? Maybe you're really low. Maybe your heart's racing. Maybe you've gone the other way into an overactive thyroid gland and you're sweaty all the time and very anxious and irritable and not sleeping. Or maybe you're dealing with this chronic weight gain and you're really sick of people telling you that you just have to exercise more because you don't have the energy to exercise. You're so fatigued. You're also so exhausted and depleted that you might end up hurting your back or you might get headaches when you try to exercise. So that's not working either. And what I think is one of the uh, telltale signs of a thyroid problem is it doesn't always respond to lifestyle changes. So you can try to sleep more. You might be getting 10 hours a night, but you're still waking up tired. It's that sort of fatigue. It's a bit like iron deficiency. You might be exercising more, but your metabolic rate isn't picking up. And if anything, it feels like you're still really slow with your metabolic rate. You might be doing loads of gratitude journaling and talking yourself into a positive mindset, but you still feel really flat. Again, this is typical thyroid territory. Whereas with your adrenals, if you do that mindfulness and do that meditation, do the gratitude journal, get more sleep, your cortisol levels will start to reduce. But that's not necessarily how it works with thyroid. So my heart really goes out to you if this is your story and you've had this experience of going to see someone and really wondering, you know, what's causing me to feel so out of control in my body and struggling with things like chronic weight gain and not getting the answers. And I'm so glad that you're here right now listening to this. And also think about the women that you know, the women in your lives who have gone through perimenopause and wonder, you know, reflect, have they 
at the same time had the perimenopausal hormone changes and possibly also had a thyroid condition or just a thyroid gland that's starting to get a bit slow and under function. Is that possible? Could that be the cause of their mental fogginess and forgetfulness and low mood? One more important point before I move on to the next section with testing. These days, it's very easy for you to present to your doctor with many of the signs of low thyroid, mental fogginess, tiredness, and depression. And a lot of the time you get sent home with an antidepressant. So if we were able to screen better for thyroid problems and to be able to recognize them, we would be able to move past this rampant prescription of antidepressants because they don't always fix the problem. And then with antidepressants, we can sometimes get the weight gain that comes with those as well, the puffiness, which are also signs of thyroid dysfunction or low thyroid So before we get to using antidepressants for what could be a thyroid problem, we need to also think about how can I get myself more thoroughly checked to see whether or not my symptoms are from underactive thyroid. Okay, time to move on. Let's talk about the symptoms of low thyroid function. The thing about low thyroid function symptoms, and I'll give you a few, really common ones, coughing, hoarseness in the voice, trouble swallowing, and a lump in the neck. Okay, they're, they're fairly obvious ones. So put them down on your list, coughing, um, hoarse voice, trouble swallowing, lump in the neck. Some of them are not so obvious and they're easy to confuse with perimenopausal or adrenal symptoms. So I'm going to go through those in a minute. I think that these are good ones to first identify, and then we move on to the ones that could be confused with other types of underlying conditions. So the ones that could be confused with, say, perimenopause and menopausal symptoms are things like constantly feeling tired, feeling like your body is more cold sensitive, although of course in perimenopause and menopause we can get that rising heat, that sort of liver yang heat which creates the hot flashes and, um, and night sweats as well. So it definitely can get those, but there can also be a cold sensitivity that comes in. It can be very difficult to learn and focus and concentrate. So let's say that you're a mature age student, you're going back to school or going back to college or university and you're learning something new. It can um, really benefit you to get yourself onto some sort of herbal support to help with cognition. I'm going to talk about Bacopa in a minute when we look at herbs. It's a really, really wonderful herb for thyroid function as well. So a bit of a win-win there. Hair loss can also come with low thyroid function, and that's a very typical sign of perimenopause where we start to either gray or white in our hair, or we can just lose a lot of hair. And for some of us, we'll start to see the receding hairline. So the hairline's coming up the forehead and further back as we move more towards that androgenic or male pattern baldness, which can affect women as we get older. And then an enlarged enlarged uh, thyroid, sorry, known as a goiter, which can feel like a lump in the neck. The tiredness and the difficulty concentrating in hair loss, think about those as evidence that a thyroid problem where your thyroid's not very active now is amplifying perimenopausal symptoms. 
It's making it more confusing and more difficult for us to know what the cause of our symptoms actually is. And the truth is it's probably a combination of both. But within having perimenopause occurring and low thyroid function, we also have to know that as our estrogen falls naturally in our late perimenopause and early menopause period, our bone density is also going to naturally reduce. We have increased risks of bone fractures and osteoporosis. And if we happen to have a thyroid problem happening at the same time, this can complicate that whole bone mineralization process. In fact, having a thyroid gland that's now becoming overactive can mean that we have abnormal levels of calcium in our bloodstream and less in our bones. So that's a reduced bone density. So we've got this amplification of perimenopausal symptoms. We've also got this understanding that there's an interplay between the falling estrogen levels. And when we layer a thyroid problem on top of that, it can worsen some of those estrogen deficiency signs. Another thing that happens with estrogen is that it can play a role in the activation of your thyroid hormones. So remember I talked about T4 being your standard thyroid hormone and then as it's activated, it becomes T3. So really that T3, um, you know, that activation process can be influenced by falling levels of estrogen, making it harder for your body to actually convert thyroid and make it active. The main risk areas for women is really, I think we can sort of categorize it into three different sections. So we've got the metabolic aspects, which is the really low energy, slowing metabolic rate and weight gain. And then we've got the cognitive aspects, which is poor memory, difficulty with learning, uh, forgetfulness, and difficulty concentrating. And then we've got the sort of musculoskeletal. So we've got the reduced bone density that comes with estrogen depletion and having changes in thyroid function affecting this further. Those sorts of symptoms that I mentioned before are the typical symptoms you would expect to experience if you were, say, in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. Thyroid abnormalities can present a little bit differently if you're younger. So say you've got um, daughters, they're in their teenage years or adolescence. If there is an issue with thyroid, then they can have a very abnormally late or early menarche, which means the timing of their first menstrual cycle can be abnormally early or late. They can also have abnormalities with the actual bleed volume. So when they do have a bleed, it can be either very, very heavy or very scanty. And if the thyroid issue is not resolved, they can end up having absent periods or irregular periods, you know, a bit all over the place with the timing. And then when we're in our reproductive years, so say in our 20s and 30s, thyroid problems can interfere with our ovulation. And in some cases, if your thyroid function is... Um, really low, you might get a lot more ovarian cyst formation, which is okay to a degree because we all have ovarian cysts, but we don't want to get too many of them. In fact, there are lots of issues for having low thyroid function for fertility. So that's one of the things that I often do screen for. And I'm looking for things like heavy bleeding after childbirth or recurrent miscarriage, infertility or problems falling pregnant over a long period of time, say 12 months or more or a history of having early births or early deliveries, so um, preterm delivery, basically. 
And that's where the thyroid is underactive, whereas um, if it's actually overactive and it's producing too much thyroid hormone, women in pregnancy can get really, really terrible morning sickness. And then when we get through to menopause, if we have, you know, really, really slow thyroid function, underfunctioning thyroid, we can get really slow metabolism. The hot flashes, the sleep disturbance, mood swings, they're partly attributable to an overactive thyroid. And it's worth also knowing that your thyroid can swing both ways. So it can sometimes be underactive, sometimes be overactive. And some of the other signs that you might want to look out for if you think that maybe your thyroid is overactive are just feeling agitated, feeling more anxious, losing weight, but not eating any differently, not over-exercising, just losing weight. You can also get heart palpitations and generally an increase in breathing rate and heart rate. And sweaty hands is another one. Sweating a lot is a really typical symptom with an overfunctioning thyroid. There are some thyroid disorders that can actually bring menopause on early. So I'm not talking about mid 40s. I'm talking about before the 40s. So it is good to always screen for thyroid problems, particularly if you have younger daughters or if you're in your 20s and you have extremely irregular cycles. So definitely check that out. That was part one of tired, overweight, and flat. Maybe it's your thyroid. Don't forget to come back next week for the next episode. Hey, everybody, please know that the information, opinion, and advice provided in this podcast are not intended to replace professional medical care. They are for general information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast may not always be those of the host. Thanks for listening.